What's happening, weirdos? We're back, and back, this time back, we're b- back, b- b- back. better than ever. I think so. I actually do think so. I think this is one for the ages. I agree. Silly, funny, funny laughing, singing, personal, therapy, a lot of therapy, sex, a lot of more therapy. Well, relation deep, deep, dirty relationship guts. <laughs> I want to plug it again because this episode is sort of brought to you by <laughs> Elaine de Beton. I don't know what D O A C is, but that's the name of the podcast, D O A C. And the love expert, uh, the guest is Alaine de Beton. Alain de Beton. Alain. Oh, de it's the diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett. Oh. That's D-O-A-C. So anyway, Neil Brennan shared Alain de Botton with me. That's not how you say it. It might be. We don't know. I've heard people just say Alain de Botton. Anyway. Alain de Button. <laughs> so very inspiring stuff. Go listen to that podcast after you listen to this one. <laughs> <laughs> listen to this first. I do think this is a better first one. Anyway, meaning whatever. It doesn't matter which one you listen to or if you listen to either of them. But it was very inspiring, and it was the backdrop to this conversation, and it, it helped my life so much, all these things that we're about to talk about, and I hope it helps you guys as well. Uh, not too much to plug. Netflix is a joke festival in Los Angeles and Chicago. Those are my only tour dates right now. So Ooh. go to PeteHolmes.com, Chicago. Uh, th- these are both in May, so mm-hmm. check those out. Also, Largo, Largo-LA.com. I'll be there on the 30th. Yay. Which is going to be great. Can't Some wait. really great people. Jean-Marco Sorsi is going to do it. And he's one of my absolute favorites. Ooh. And a whole other slew of wonderful talent. Mm. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, and if you like the show, we your support means so much. Why not try a Peter's Pick? Katie, if you like the show and you want to support it, why not try a Pete's Pick like Element? I've been giving so many of my friends Element. It's wonder, it, what is Element? It's a hydration super power basically because healthy hydration isn't just about drinking water it's water plus electrolytes and that's what lmnt element is it's incredible in the morning dr andrew huberman promotes drinking a a salty water in the morning to get that neuroconnectivity going to jump start your day that's when i drink my element not only does it give you magnesium and potassium and salt that you need to get that hydration into your cells, but it also tastes fantastic, which also leads to drinking more water and feeling better. Element has been a huge part of my wellness program. I give it to friends who exercise. They drink it after a jog. They say it basically floods them with everything that they just sweat out. I, of course, drink it after I work out or after I sauna, but I also just drink it after a flight. Anytime that I'm in a situation that I know dehydrated me and I want to flood that into me, I drink it before shows because there's nothing about, there's nothing better than that rush of the magnesium, the potassium, and the salt that just gives your body what it needs. Hydration is so much more than just drinking water. Get LMNT into your life. I love their watermelon salt flavor. I also love their chocolate salt flavor, which I drink hot. At night, sometimes, I often find if you drink it before bed, I don't get up to pee. Something about the salt processing the water, I can't explain it. I absolutely love it. It is a game changer. And if Element doesn't exceed your expectations, they have a no questions asked refund policy. You don't even need to send it back. And they came up with a fantastic offer for us. Go to drinklmnt.com slash weird. Use promo code weird. And you'll get a free Element sample pack with any order 
which I love because you can try all the different flavors. Some of them are spicy, which I really love. Some of them are more sweet, like the watermelon. That's my daily. Go to drinkelement.com slash weird. Use promo code weird. Support your body, support healthy hydration, and support the show. We're also brought to us by our friends at The Open App. If you're like me, you've always been out there looking for the secrets to success, which is really just another way of saying, how can we overcome the problems that so many of us face in our daily lives? Problems like sleep, stress, focus, and for me, setting up, maintaining daily healthy habits. This is the secret, obviously, but we sometimes need help, and I found that in The Open App. I recently discovered this wonderful tool. If you'd like me, you've tried it all, trendy diets, books, even bad things like drawing the blinds, taking an edible and watching bad movies all day. Avoidance is not the solution. It took me years to find a better way and now I'm passing it on to you. The open method is simple and it works. It combines breath work, meditation, and fitness. And they have a badass community of people doing it all together. They're all committed to personal growth. So you have that accountability and that community to join. Open is the only thing I do every day that sets me up for success. I usually do the breath work in the morning. Makes me feel more focused than coffee. Floods your body with just like good life energy and dials you in the breath work. It's so fun to do, but I need that guidance. I need that help. And the open app is wonderful at that. I also do their nighttime meditation before bed and I fall asleep in under 10 minutes every time. If it was just that, it would be awesome. But it's so much more and the fitness and the community, it's incredibly well designed. You'll know when you see it. My only regret is not starting sooner. The app will change your life. So if you wanna get on my daily routine, you can get 30 days free of open by visiting withopen.com slash weird. Again, 30 days free by visiting withopen.com open.com slash weird. Oh, and if you're in LA, make sure you check out their new studio to practice with open in person. Support your body, support your breath, support your fitness, support your life, and support the show. All right, everybody, let's get into it. It's, oh, I kind of said it. I did say it. Let's enjoy it. (laughs) Valerie? Get into it. What do I do with me ands? What What do do I do do with me ands? What do I do with me hands? What do I do with my 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 hands? What do I do? What 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 do I what what do I do with my hands 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 What do I do with my hands What do I do We we got up sync What Welcome to the What Do I Do with My Hands podcast It's the first episode Look we've seen everyone out there We see Jason Bateman We see Conan O'Brien We see and everybody, and Andy Richter has a podcast now, so now we're in the mix. You are reaching into the mix. There's Cashews, that's Conan, there's Almonds, that's Rogan, and then you dip all the way down and find a single lemon. It's us. Crispy Crunchy, it's us. Crispy Crunchy, it's a pretzel lemon, and you are now its new best friend. You are now with new best friend. <laughs> what do I do? Just please support our Patreon. Go to what do I do with my hands? Patreon.com. Go on Cameo. We will send you a 45 second video telling you what to do with your hands in any situation. You're at a funeral. We call this the boys to men. You're going to clasp them. <laughs> 
you are going to interlock them. Pointed towards your chest. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Bring them in towards the belly, then up one click. Yeah. You look like an angel. (laughs) So the people that just lost someone go, you've seen them. You're an angel. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did you miss us? Did you miss us? Did you miss us while we're gone? Did you miss us while we're gone? Did you miss us? Did you miss us? Did you miss us while we're gone? Did you miss us, baby girls? Did you miss us, baby girls? Did you miss us while we're gone? It's a dub dub step. What do I do with my hands? This would be the funniest moment for someone to turn off the podcast. I just be like, nope. I support you. I I I agree with you. So I were Car, car. Well, first of all, mm. we'll get into that. But I do want to say that I sent the podcast that I sent to you. Yes. That Neil Brennan sent to me. Yes. His name is Alan, but I think it's it's Ale- spelled Elaine. No, I know it's Elaine. No, but it is Alan. Alan. A L A I N. Yeah. De Boton. 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 It sounds like you should say it French. Elaine de Boton. Alain de Bonton is here today. He is going to speak to us in a very charming accent. No, this is French. This guy is talking about someone else's accent. I'm very aware that my accent is grating to the ears. People do not like my accent. I think it's funnier if he's not aware. He's like, similar to me. He tried to put up with this guy's very weird accent. The next guy comes to has a very weird way of talking. <laughs> and I find it grating to the ear. But if you listen. So I sent it to Judd and Judd tried to listen People to it. People are going to think that we edited something right there. It felt like a pickup? Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> he went so straight. Yeah, so I sent it to Judd. <laughs> Let's, that's a fun game. Oh, is that, like, this is the edit game. <laughs> so I sent it to Judd. Yeah. <laughs> like, trying to, yeah, trying yeah, to do yeah. it. So, anyway, no, you can't say anyway. I sent it to Judd. Nope. Anyway, and he just found the guy's voice. I found his voice very charming. I loved his voice. In fact, it was the I was Queen's just, English. It wasn't just the King's English. No, it, it was had the had Queen's. It had had a bath. It had had a bath. It had a bath. It had, it had a, a, a stroll in the tea. garden with a spot of tea. Yes. I can't even do it. No, it's it is like I it think it is like. Let's play a little snippet. I would. Of it. I would. I bet there are some Brit- British people <laughs> who would describe it as posh. Is it posh? I think if you were posh. as spice as he posh. Here's be, what he sounds he'd like. He'd be Victoria Beckham. Oh, no. So this is the DOAC podcast. It's called The Love Expert with Alain de Bouton. Various people got very interested in water supply. 
water supply. All the main cities, Paris, London, New York, got New York. a complete overhaul of their water supplies because it was suddenly discovered that microscopic organisms... I'm going to say something... Microscopic I'm going to say organisms. something that's, that's a little cheeky, a little daft, a little wild. Okay. <laughs> it feels like a very soft... You know when you're at a restaurant? Sure you do. <laughs> but it's a great restaurant and they don't just put out like... It's not just the golden bricks of butter at an IHOP. Right. Although I love that too. Oh, who doesn't? I love that it's gold. Thank you. You know what? Find who made that decision and thank them. It didn't have to be gold. No. It should have been yellow. Did you used to warm it in your hands? I've never done that. You've never done that? It's so nice. I used to tuck it between my cheeks. (laughs) There's the sauna of the body. I used to tuck it between my cheeks too. My, ma- my Your mouth juice. <laughs> yeah. Lila will eat that. And in the Chris and Farley book. And I did book, too as a kid. And you know David what? David Spade used I'm to say. almost fine. Sorry. Just two podcasts at once. <laughs> David Spade used to say that Chris Farley would eat a stick of butter as an appetizer. And so would everybody. I'm saying it. Everyone in Madison, Wisconsin does that. <laughs> sure. Every person. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, dairy country. Throw nah, in that. but you know, Derek. <laughs> you know when you're in a drug deal and they stick a knife in the coke and they snort it. So you're at a meal, you throw a stick, a stick of butter in your mouth. Yeah, that's like testing the merchandise. Okay, go back to what I was more interested in, which was what you were saying before this. Um, the the, oh, the his voice soft. is when you're at a nice restaurant and they put out a little white dish of butter. Yeah, and there's two like thick, clearly human cut. Yeah. pieces of butter uh-huh. and you know the salt i don't even have to tell you the kind of salt yeah on it, but it's granular M- morton's probably <laughs> it's let's not bring more big morton's into this <laughs> i'm just kidding they are a sponsor are you talking about the like melon bollard no because i like those i'm okay with that that makes me you... feel like what is this a wedding yeah i don't like you don't like i don't feeling like... like you're at a wedding mm-hmm. You don't want to be married. <laughs> <laughs> Alain Dubouton would find just... your joke significant. Alain, no, he Dubouton. actually, okay, so I'm going to jump ahead. You know, okay, so that kind of butter. And you, his voice is like filling my butt crack with that butter. Yeah. Not to be eaten, just for the feeling of something very creamy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's be real. If you pooped your pants and... Drop the label, poop. <laughs> You're just in a squish. It's well, kind of nice to be it's filled like in. How kids, yeah, kids who poop their pants and diapers. Mo- a lot of kids are like, "You're this spackled." Is great. Yeah, like, you've been I don't spackled. Mind this? You at all. have a crack, and yeah. it's been. Yeah. That seems like a Barbie. What? You can't spread a Barbie's cheeks. Okay. It's just, and no- nothing on the front. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> this is great material. <laughs> no, no, no. This is like a human ideal. Oh, yeah. Sure. I don't <laughs> no think they holes, want it to be no spackled nips. with shit, though. <laughs> no, but I'm saying take shit Butter. away now that I've sold you on shit. Now I can, now I go, well, I'm a salesman, buddy. Forget that because I'm filling your crack with butter <laughs> and not just any butter. It's that kind in of a dish and it's not melon balls and it's got Morton. <laughs> It's Christmas. I think snowed is Christmas. It's, <laughs> it's Christmas with salt. But also snowed is not a thing. Snowed? It's snowed with salt. Would you say that? No. <laughs> but it's been Christmas with salt. That You took the thing that wasn't a thing Christmas. and then you made another word for it. And then it. you 
in my butt and I just go, ah, oh, I feel complete. Yeah. Let's be real. Most of us are going around going like, I feel incomplete. And you are. You have yeah. a crack down your butt. You know the story that my mom loves to tell and she would tell if she were on this podcast in this moment is that when I was three, I fell like hard on my butt. And she went, oh, are you okay? Let me check. And then she like looked back there and went, oh, you cracked your butt. And I was like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> and like genuinely well, terrified. And then the whole family laughed and told that story my whole life. Like it was so, and I was like, you guys made me think I yeah. broke a part of my body. And so went the early 90s. Yeah, it really was like, look at how dumb these kids are. I've she doesn't even know she's got a butt crack. <laughs> I've been, well, okay. So one of my interests in Alain de Bautrand is these unconscious things that we're doing to our kids. That's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And that I'm doing to you. Mm-hmm. This sort of unconscious thought system that I'm folding you into. Yes. And uh, I, I'd like more. I'm thinking about going back to Cali. Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that song? I'm going back, back. No, I do, Cali, but I didn't Cali. know what you meant. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was a different word. Well, because I listened to this podcast with Alain Dubouton, and the punchline with the Judd thing was he couldn't listen to his voice. He found it too uppity, uppy. Yeah, up. posh. No, too no, posh. I think I think it was like fast talking British, like high energy. Oh. And when I read that, what I wanted to say was like, I'm hearing irritability. Mm. And this is what Alain <laughs> Dubouton would say. Mm-hmm. Irritability is rage. Yeah. And rage is something we can find and and uncover and work with. Yeah. So like, it's interesting, like asking ourselves questions. So Alain Dupotin is a psychotherapist mm-hmm. at something called the School of Life. I just learned about him. And I've I've been blown away. I just realized. And you listened to him this morning. Yeah. And Were I you did, blown away? I was blown away. I, I, I did just realize what's blowing me away more. And maybe this is I, I would say, oh, most oh, certainly oh. this is only interesting to me. Can't wait. Is that I've, one of my favorite podcasts is Cuddle Club with Lou Sanders. And she Lou has. Lou Sanders? You've been on her podcast, you dummy. You butter you butt. Say dingus. This butter butt doesn't even remember being on Cuddle Buds. Is that what it's called? Cuddle Club. Uh, oh. And she she's British and she has a whole segment. Like she's like it's like a whole segment where they read something or do something with L.A. de Baton, and I've never known what she was saying there. Like I was like, "What is that? What's that word?" Okay, well, I feel like the whole island of the United Kingdom—they love being called an island. It's ups tourism. Come to the island of the United Kingdom. (laughs) Okay, taste coconuts. (laughs) There's a guy in the snow playing steel drums. The most British looking guy you've ever seen. We know what he looks like. <laughs> you can picture You got his, I know his hat at least. I hope I'm right and that that's not another person and I didn't just make a fool of myself. <laughs> well, all of this is psychologically significant. Mm. Well, one of the things that he said that I thought might be fun, we had this nice conversation last night. And I was I was happy about that. You and I. You and I. Yes. Meaning I run a risk. I risk it for a biscuit all the days. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when we're talking, I'm like, oh shit, we're having this great conversation. And I do like sharing it. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I wish we were not, I, I didn't wish we were recording it, but 
I was like, oh, it'll be okay. We'll, we'll kind of be able to talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm going to drop that, that expectation let from myself. Go. I'm going to let it go. But I will say the one thing that I really remember that Alain Dubotin taught me <laughs> was um, he was like, we're snobs. And I was like, mm. and, and he goes, what is a snob? A snob is someone who judges someone's entire character based on one thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my phone is ringing. <laughs> <laughs> My inside phone is ringing. <laughs> bring, bring. He says a lot of things where I'm like, oh, no, I haven't heard that phone ring in a while. And it's a call <laughs> from my deepest, truest self. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was significant and, and uh, ideally helpful to maybe people listening, certainly to me, was that like, geez, geez Louise, I've been doing that so hard. I, I, I wanted to do a joke for a long time about how I was raised by snobs and... But and and with all love and respect for my parents, everybody's doing the best they can. That could be true. And I <laughs> learned that their strategy for safety in the world, which is Alain de Bouton's whole thing, he's like, whatever you're doing that's not helping you mm-hmm. now, they, some might call a flaw, was a brilliant strategy when you were young yeah. to survive and thrive. So the example that he gives is like, if you were with a... This is his example, by the way. He goes, if you had a mother that was like suicidal and 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 cloying and, and was drawing you into them to like save them and protect them and they needed you. And that's what you were taught love was, was like a black widow model. Now, mm-hmm. these are my words, meaning like you go in and then you realize you're in a web and you're like, oh, love is a web and it's a spider. Yeah. So you learn to withdraw. Uh because you need to eventually leave this home and become your own person. So he goes, that's brilliant. Brilliant. Now you're in relationships, things start to get uh, serious and you cheat on them or you leave them or you withdraw or you make them leave you. Mm -hmm. I've done that. Mm -hmm. I'll just become less desirable and they'll get tired because I'm too much of a coward to break up with them. Mm -hmm. So I'll just be, I'll just keep eating teriyaki wings in a white robe and (laughs) wiping it on my, on my lapel. So he goes, that strategy, which was brilliant, is no longer serving you, but you need to like look at your childhood and figure this stuff out. Yes. So one of the things that my parents very, very much did, again, with good intention or unconscious intention, was taught me to like judge and label everything yeah. and, and to like measure it and mm-hmm. weigh it. Is it real? This brings up another thing. I'm not going to forget the meritocracy thing, which is what I want to talk about in job snobs. Mm-hmm. But this idea that the Greeks had a word for, uh, like, somebody who's not doing well financially, they would call them, or, you know, in their life situation, like, they can't get it going in their relationships, in their job, their life, their body, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. They would call them unfortunate. Yeah, because it was based on the fates that... Yes, you just listened to this. Yes, yes, yes. So it was like the either the fates have given you good fortune or bad fortune. In but, this I, given, but it's outside of you. Yes, this idea that you're in a larger system and the system involves things like chaos and luck and fortune. Mm-hmm. So they would be constantly making sacrifices to fortune, pleading to fortune, wish mm-hmm. upon a star sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't have that anymore. He goes, what do you call someone who just can't get it going in every 
area of their life, you call them a loser. Yeah. Which is a real word that I got from my dad. You loser, Peter. Loser. Or a bum. You know what I mean? Which is so, like, I thought when you told me that last night, I was like, I don't know if I really do that. And then when he said, when I heard him say it this morning on the podcast, the example he gave was, he's like, if I said to you, yeah, I just got sacked and I just got sacked. <laughs> yeah. My purse got it. nicked. Yeah. All the British I, ways. I lost my flat. Uh, <laughs> the tube left moments before I arrived. <laughs> I didn't mind the gap. I fell in. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm I right should. expired. I've laid flat for the night. And I think it's made me gone go mad and go, I've gone mad. I can't do it. I've gone um, mad. I'm daft. I'm and I'm in bloody ow. <laughs> bloody ow. Yeah. But um he's like, you know, if if you said like I I got fired and I lost my apartment and uh I haven't been able to find another job, uh it's just been a bit of bad luck. Yeah. You would be like yeah. It's not bad luck. That's you. You're doing something wrong. We've completely blended yeah. how someone's doing and who they are. Yeah. You would definitely I would I would definitely go, well, you are you can't get your shit together. Like yeah. do it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what's funny. I never liked this movie, but there was the movie uh what Envy with mm-hmm. Ben Stiller and Jack Black. It mm-hmm. wasn't a great movie. Yeah, I think I saw it. But it's a dingus, Jack Black, who invents a spray that makes dog shit disappear. Right. And then it's like, what do we do when someone who you think is a loser Mm -hmm. stumbles into everything we respect, which is money, influence, power, all this stuff, and and is hailed as a (laughs) genius? You know, it's uncomfortable. So... I thought that was very valid, very, and it goes with success as well. And mm-hmm. and I'm the beneficiary of this bias as people assume that I must have my shit together. Mm-hmm. Like I've done well. Mm-hmm. I've been, I'm a comedian. Hey, look at me. And I go ahead and I accept that as real. I'm like, your respect of me is valid. Yeah. I, you're right. I did it. I had tea stained maps with burnt edges and candlelight and I stayed up and I studied them. When really, and we've had this conversation before, how much the fates, it's when you put it that way, mm-hmm. you're like, how much of that was the fates? You're like, all of it? Yeah. I mean, you showed up. But, but I the, see, I'm having this resistance. I'm like, yeah, but I showed up. Yeah, yeah but the, then the winds of the ocean pushed me and there were choices I made, but then there were really, it's pretty impersonal. Right. And it's like specifically like all of us are sort of reacting to our wounds, those things that you said that served us as kids and yours happens to be highly valued in this society where you get paid more. And if we were living in Genghis Khan times and I was like, what if we crack him up with a joke? I mean, an arrow would just (laughs) from my own people. Or if you lived in these times and you were a woman who... Her her defenses were to serve others and always put others first. So you became a nurse. You would be working all the time and getting paid underpaid, right? You know? Or a, or a teacher or whatever it yeah. might be. So it's like success, like big time success, <clears throat> is the degree to which your childhood wounds, meaning your compulsions, the things that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Like I had to do stand up, 
and how much those compulsions line up with the needs of your current society. Yes. Because the thing that kept me going into the ocean that was being pushed and swept and, oh, this chance thing here and there wasn't even me either, meaning <clears throat> the fortune extends to the wound. Yeah. I was fortunate to be wounded in such a specific way that it ended up serving me. Right. And then there's certainly ways that it doesn't serve me and and the, that I, I'm still unpacking. But like success-wise, and that's almost what he goes, you're not really chasing money. You're chasing the love and respect and the belonging. Yeah. And then, so this goes back to job snob, is when I, because he said this, he's like, when you're at a party and you talk to somebody, the first question used to be, who who are you? Like, where are you from? Yeah. And who, who are, are your, your parents? parents? Yeah. Like, where do you hail from? What's your bloodline? Like, <laughs> yeah. Who are your people, man? <laughs> People, man, <laughs> corn cob pipe falling out of my bearded face. <laughs> Who am I, your people, man? <laughs> and now we don't give a fuck. No. And this is this is one of those what what is water moments. Was I these these talks that I've, I've watched several are helping me realize that I I'm so indoctrinated into a thought system that I'm unconscious to it. Mm -hmm. But he says you're at a party and you say, what do you do? Yeah. And by the way, I know lava lamp, black light poster. We're having like a freshman year college. Like it's all about what you do, man. But that's <laughs> fucking valid. Right. And if what they do stinks, you, like, like I'll, I'll make it even more, I'm more uncomfortable if I'm talking to somebody and they're unfulfilled and they're unfortunate and like things just aren't working, mm -hmm. I it's almost like it's contagious. Mm -hmm. I experienced this when I when when my wife left me, pe my first wife obviously. People didn't want to talk to me oh, because I was unfortunate. Yeah, I couldn't make it work. Right. I remember I saw the movie Troy and Brad Pitt, who I'm still mad about. This there's some joke at Brad. There's some joke in Troy about like. Your wife left you. I'm sorry you couldn't satisfy your woman. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, is that what people are thinking? Fuck, is that what I would think? Right. Like, what are the assumptions that go with any misfortune? Mm -hmm. These were just two Rubik's cubes set to the wrong pattern, right. rolled into a, a dryer, put on mm -hmm. spin site, whatever. I know that's a washer, but it's, it's put on delicate press tossed around and it didn't work but then right. they go like your dick's probably pretty small and you're probably a fucking asshole well we want to other the people because we can't stand the possibility that that could happen to us that's what i'm saying so i am really getting in touch with how i think stupid is contagious mm -hmm. i think i'll be considered stupid by association and that's embarrassing yeah and also like uh people who have like bad ideas or be, like fr from where I'm sitting, sometimes somebody that like, let's say I struggle respecting, I hate admitting that, but let's say somebody that like their ideas, I'm like, they're probably not good ideas. They say it to me. And then I, I sometimes go, imagine if like James Bashara, the CEO of Magic Mind, very high functioning, brilliant, wonderful person. And I think I've mentioned this before on the pod. I'll pretend James told me that idea. Mm -hmm. And then instantly... Mm -hmm. The idea, I start looking at it, it's like the prism's been turned, mm -hmm. same idea, but it's been turned and now the light's ref refracting on it in such a way that it looks beautiful, it looks yeah. possible. 
but these biases, but but you're an unfortunate. Like the we might as well be going around going, but the gods have scorned you, man. <laughs> Look at your tattered rags. Who are your people? <laughs> yeah, and again I say, who are your people? But like we haven't changed, and now no. money is the blessing. And status is the blood. These are the gods, obviously. Well, and I'm yeah. like, I'm a job snob, and I don't like it. But we, yeah, we corrected something that probably should have. That definitely should have been corrected. We just corrected it in the wrong direction. So, to be at a party and say like, "Who are your people, men?" <laughs> and judge, they were judging somebody's worth based on their bloodline. If they were right. well bred, right. like what a fucking terrible term. Yeah, you're well bred, like you're like a dog. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we were correcting that by being but like, "Well, I it's do, you know, I, I can see it the other way. It's like there's a lot of broken beckedness or whatever. Like it's like." Yeah, I'm not trying to make fun of anything, but I feel like at that time there was so much going on genealogically that maybe I'm just trying to look at it from the other you, way. You mean like incestual or what do you mean? I just mean it was a mess. I'm thinking of the dark ages and, and you finally meet somebody who's like erect, like standing up straight. And you're like, <laughs> She's well bred. You know what I mean? Like maybe that was more important then. I'm slowly backing away from this topic. Yeah, because it was definitely about what was available to people as far as resources and education. And yeah. so it had nothing to do with their inherent DNA, which is what they thought it was. Yeah. Like eugenics and all of that. Yeah. So, um, Kevin eugenics. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I meant. Um, but I'm losing it. We've we've fixed it, oh, but we over fixed it. it in the wrong but, way. Yeah, so we were like, well, it's not just like something you have no control over. Like your sense of worth isn't about who your parents are. It's about what you do, which is like a step closer maybe. But then now... We've just gotten stuck in like, so your whole worth is in what you produce and how successful you are at this specific game, which by the way, kind of changes based on region. Yep. And, uh, but if you have the skill sets to make it valuable and I really participate in this, which really is surprising because I think I used to be a snob about that like be a little bit maybe in a defensive way be like well that's just like men with their dicks out fight sword fighting with their dicks <laughs> like fi- like playing this dumb western game where they're just trying to like yeah. be better and better and better but i can still like i can still i get very bothered when people ask me what i do and it's not because I think that's a stupid question, if I'm being honest. It's because I don't have a good answer and I can feel. And like, I, Val, we just, what you're saying makes me want to puke. I know. Because you are the jewel of the Nile. <laughs> you are the onion ring in the bag of French fries. What the <laughs> fuck? What a delight. <laughs> you are a crisp powder blue pink sunset. Well, thank and you. And then my fucking, this is what I'm saying. So it's not just the dick measuring sword contest. In To a certain sense, in a certain sense, I'm like a victim of this. Meaning I didn't ask for this. Yeah. It was given to me. And right. now if I met you and you weren't exactly what I wanted on the outside. Wink, okay. Wink, okay. Wink, okay. Wink, okay. Wink, wink, <laughs> wink. Then thank God you are. Because my dumb fucking processing system, would, you'd be like, I don't know. And I'd be like, 
loser. Mm, this yeah. is why I, I think it's one of the reasons. Yeah. Go so ahead. in that case, that is like our because our system also is like, well, what women lack in success, they can make up their worth in how their bodies look. I know. Listen to the sound of horror. <laughs> the uh, first draft of Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> the sound of horror. <laughs> Paul? <laughs> Paul. Um, but what I was going to say is, so it is, it is oh, we had a um, dinner with two, with, I think I can say this. Well, I won't get specific. We had a dinner with a director and his wife. A no, very successful director and his wife. It, it doesn't matter. You'll maybe figure it out. Or if, oh, this even wasn't if you don't. recently? No, this was recently. Yeah. And um, his wife and I, I could tell, got into this sort of mode where we were both trying to prove to each other that we weren't just like accessories. Mm. Like we were talking about our unique contrib- contributions to our husband's work mm. and then the things that we do on our own. And it was sort of this like, it was like, it's kind of heartbreaking. Like it was like, I do this and I also write my own stuff. Oh yeah, I used to write this stuff and I do, you know, like it was mm. just like us sort of being like, we have value. We're not just like these wives. And it's just so, it's, it's disgusting that that's what we've done to people and that we've done we've done it to men. And we're saying, don't throw us away. Yeah. And we're yeah. saying like, here, I can show you my resume of things. Yeah. Um, because that's where my worth lies. But and, now you're competing in a, a rigged game. Yeah. That you never asked to be a part of. I also have lately been finding, and this is really dysfunctional, that I am envious of people whose response to their trauma is being a workaholic mm. like you're not like this but you do have sort of a responses in achieving mm. but like i listened to selena gomez on um smartless and it is so lovely that she's like the most public person and she's just she gave an interview like she wasn't like she was mm she was they weren't even asking her about her mental illness and she would bring it up mm. so she is so she i think she's doing a lot of good by bringing up you know her mental illness and and she said something about she was like i work a lot because because her her resume is insane it's like she is a grammy award winner a sag award winner she's uh, she owns her own business. She's like, you know, has the most followers on Instagram of anybody ever. It's like she's got the Western ideal of like perfect. Like if it's a meritocracy, this is our queen. And she's like, I work because it keeps me from bad things. And that's what I have to do. Well, that's what Elaine says as he goes, we are all addicts. It's something Richard Rohr says too. It's like, because we'll busy ourselves with anything yeah. so we don't have to be with ourselves. Right, exactly. And then we have a society where as long as you're busying yourself with work and become, you're most likely becoming more successful and then we actually think that you are an incredibly healthy, happy, you should be a healthy, happy person because you're winning at this game. Yeah. So that's got to be incredibly, I mean, this is no new idea, but... 
no wonder we have people achieving their dreams and then being like, I'm so unhappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hearing that you <laughs> see Selena Gomez's success and it sounds like it might be a little bit um, disheartening to you. <laughs> this is the other trick that you learned from him. I'm hearing that you think I'm a, a, a circus pony. <laughs> I can't find a way to be passive aggressive with it. What did you say where you were like, right before we started this, where you were like, I'm an idiot. And I was like, I'm hearing that you think you're a piece of shit. That's what I said? (laughs) I said that. You said that to me? Yeah. Like you don't get it right. You make it even stronger. (laughs) Yes. That is hilarious. Because one of the other things that Elaine said was that like, we're not good at listening and and we we've, we've said this before, you know. Your dad says, "Is this a feel it or a fix it?" Which is mm-hmm. nice. But Elaine, I think, would take it one step further and be like, "People don't ever really want advice." I, I mean, yeah, I struggle with that because I love advice, but I do want to be recognized first. So the thing yeah, that he first. said is, when your the example that he gives is is a child on vacation on holiday. And he's like, I hate this. This stinks. This place smells like poo. Yeah. And then the mom is like, this is, we're on holiday. We're this on holiday. Place. Don't be ridiculous. You're having a great time. Yeah. Like, we're going to have a great time. This, this costs a lot of money. That was so challenging to yeah. me because I think I really do that with Leela. And I've been in like such a crazy parenting phase where I've done a lot of solo parenting. And then she was out of school for two weeks. And I can just feel again. I've Which is why slipped. we haven't been doing pods. Come on, two weeks off. I know, but it, it's been more than that. But it's been because you were gone too. You're because cheating. I've been gone. Um, so we, I mean, I just am in a zone where I, I'm not parenting the way I want to parent because I'm exhausted. And even today, like she's crying because she doesn't want to go to school. And I heard you say like the thing that we learned from Dr. Becky Kennedy, which is saying like, yeah, I hear you. Something about school feels really tricky. Which I got reinforced by Elaine because I, Alan, because I said, it sounds like you're having a hard time going to school today. Yeah. And I think with grownups more than five-year-olds, that's just like a really beautiful thing to do. Yeah. By the way, I'm sure whatever you're... I mean, I just... Subpar parenting in... Is is still just a Tetris. Thank you. Just a long piece right down the middle. <laughs> I just can't feel myself overriding her feelings about something. Like before I even acknowledge, like I'm like, no, 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 this is going to be great. We're do, you know, like well, we're trying to teach them optimism, and, and that's a big Elaine thing too. He's like the human animal needs grotesque optimism. At all times. Yeah, it's true. So, okay, on that vein, I had this parenting moment, which I felt really bad about. And then my friend Jen made me feel better. And I still am like, I don't know. And when I say right, I'm not sure. Like, there's not a right or wrong, but I don't know if this is the way I want a parent. I'm not sure. But, and then I do have more about Elaine that I want to say. But um, Leela was super whiny. For some reason, whenever we go to this one restaurant, she just like loses her shit. And she we didn't get to sit at the table she wanted to sit at. So she, because it was like a giant booth and there was only three of us. Mm. So she was like protesting sitting at that booth Mm -hmm. and would not get up and was, and we are, you and I already like moved to the other table and we could just hear her being like, "Mm." 
uh, you know, like whining <laughs> for the table. And, and this is when she wanted to sit at an eight top. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, all right, I have two narratives going on. I have Dr. Becky Kennedy being like, you should sit next to her and be like, hey, you really want to sit at this table. I hear you. Do you need help moving or whatever? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I hear other voices in my head being like, no, she needs to understand that we cannot behave this way. Mm. We can't just whine and like kick and stomp where wherever we are because we didn't get exactly what we wanted. And then I'm like, she's going to become like an entitled kid who can't handle any sort of disappointment. And she needs like a stern, a, like a firm backboned mother to be like, this is unacceptable, mm. you know? And I have those conflicting ideas in my head. And so like what came out was like, Leela, I know you really want to sit here, <laughs> but you need to get up right now. <laughs> you did the, uh, the PB and J in one jar. I did. You did the swirl. I, because like in my I, brain. I remember that moment and I really liked it. And also it's just such a testament to having two people. You know, there should be yeah. more people. Yeah. You should add friends. There. You know what I mean? Like it takes so many people to raise a child. I know. And I happen to be rested and resourced and all those things. So I felt able to go soft. Mm -hmm. But I liked that you were. But then I went. So we, I took her outside and I did say, like, it still felt like it was a little all over the place. Like, I was sending mixed signals of, like, this is not happening. And I know you're really, you know. But I was, I did say, I was like, Leela. I don't see why it can't be both. Yeah, you I really guess. You really want to sit there, but that's not how we behave. Yeah, that's true. When you say it, it sounds right. Um, I guess I just want to be more fortified in whatever technique I'm doing as opposed mm. to in my mind being like, is this one right? Or should I say this? Or what do I do? Is this, one, you know? Mm. And, but I, I did say, I was like you, and this is the part I'm not sure about, but I was like, you are making a choice right now to ruin the whole breakfast over a table. Mm. And instead you can choose to like hold it tight in your fist and then like let it go. And then we'll eat pancakes and we'll play games and it will be a great time. Mm -hmm. And then she like melted down and started crying and went, I saw we. I can't handle when she's she says I'm figured sorry. out though. But that, that's cute. That, and, and, but she was really crying. And then I like held her and was like, you're not bad. And mama's not mad. I did get frustrated, but I love you. And like, you know, and mm -hmm. then, and then I could feel her. So then she like did that thing where she was like, and like happy and kind of almost overdoing it where she's like grabbing my hand and we're running around and she's like, mm -hmm. ha, 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 I want to sit on mama's lap. I want to do, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I'm like, I don't know, because to me that feels kind of like she's overriding her feelings to be, become happy to make me happy. But then I said that to our friend Jen and she was like, or did you make it clear that she could choose exactly what to focus on right now? And she made a choice to yeah. change her mood and become happy again, which is a skill that you want what somebody doing, to do. It's what we do too. Yeah. And we hate it. You know, 
It, I always think about this in the movie Fight Club. I know you were thinking about Fight Club too. Always. Still mad at Brad for Troy, but Fight Club. <laughs> but but he, that happened after. He so. goes, we're a generation of people that were told we're going to be movie stars and celebrities and pop stars and we're going to be rich and famous and we're not. And we're pissed off about it. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why that was so universal, universally true, even in a, a culture that isn't trying to be all those things, mm-hmm. like 300 years ago, mm-hmm. it's still true is because we're like, we were told we were special and our feelings matter and our voice matters and it's mm. not true and we're pissed off about it. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. you're trying to yeah. infuse a little of the world's brokenness into your child's reality because now I'm hearing Rabbi Mordecai Finley, he told a story about kids jumping on the hoods of cars from car to car to car and they're denting the cars. Mm. And he's like, I, I get scared for those kids mm. because some pe- some grownups say, what are you doing? Stop it. And some grownups uh, murder people. Mm. <laughs> so you have to like realize that, you know, not everybody is going to be like, hey, big feelings. Well, and also though, if you are, if you are g- living your life assuming everyone loves you the way your mother and father love you that's how you make a narcissist really well it's interesting because he speaks about that directly mm-hmm. about love and fame let's get to that after the mid rolls i think there's only i don't know one or two so we'll be back in two minutes and i, I want to talk more about that because it's interesting i don't yeah. think it's he had something very interesting to say about spoiling and then mm. and then leading to like narcissists. So we'll be right back. Pardon the interruption, weirdos. This episode is brought to us by our friends at Next Evo Naturals. You guys know the new year is the perfect time to move on from things that just aren't working in your life. And with Next Evo Natural CBD products, oil-based CBD can be one of those things that isn't working for you. Oil-based CBD doesn't mix well with our water-based bodies, so you absorb as little as 6% six percent of the cbd that is on the label but next evo naturals you know i love cbd but this is a company that really elevated it because they developed a clinically tested water soluble form of cbd water soluble which means their gummies and capsules are proven to work faster and absorb four times better than oil-based products so you need to go to nextevo.com and use promo code weird for 25 percent off any order or up to 60 percent off as a new subscriber I love their stress gummies. It's mixing adaptogens and CBD and CBD that you can feel and feel quickly so you can get that dose just right. The ashwagandha in there lowers your stress. The CBD rounds it out and gives you a wonderful feeling of uh, well-being. Try their strongest gummy ever is new, the new Extra Strength Daily Wellness CBD gummies, which the customers love or for for the all-time bestsellers, try my beloved Stress or their Sleep Sleep CBD Complex products. Find new ways to use CBD with a variety of convenient options, including gummies, capsules, and dissolvable powders, which I've been known to put in my smoothies because I love it. Uh, like I said, it gets into you four times better, and you start feeling that absorption in about 10 minutes. So leave oil behind and start the year off with more effective and fast-acting CBD from Next Evo Naturals. Get 25% off any order or up to 60% off as a new subscriber by using code WEIRD at nextevo, nextevo.com. That's 25% off your order or up to 60% off a new subscription at nextevo.com with promo code WEIRD. 
We're also brought to us by our friends at Ritual, the multivitamin and the probiotic that I take every single day. If supporting foundational health was a sport, you would want Ritual on your team. They made Essential for Men, a multivitamin that's based solely on science and designed to help fill common nutrient gaps in the diet with 10 key nutrients. I can speak anecdotally for me. I would get my blood work done at my physical every year. I had gaps. I took Ritual. It filled those gaps. According to the CDC, fewer men than women meet the minimum daily intake recommendations for fruits and vegetables, and men are more likely to overvalue exercise and undervalue nutrition. Well, stop it. Enter Ritual, a multivitamin specifically, scientifically developed to help men fill those nutrient gaps in their diet. 10 key nutrients in two delayed relapse sorry, delayed release capsules, which is key because I take it when I'm fasting and it doesn't upset my stomach. It even has a minty essence in every bottle that makes taking your multis actually enjoyable. It's rigorously tested and validated, non-GMO, vegan, gluten, and major allergen-free, certified B Corp, and made traceable so you know where these nutrients are coming from. They are the industry-leading sustainability standards. They're meeting the industry-leading sustainable standards. It's a wonderful company, and it is something that has absolutely helped my life. Essential for Men is a quality multivitamin from a company you can actually trust. Get 40% off your first month for a limited time at Rich ritual.com slash weird this offer is only available through january 31st start ritual or add essential for men to your subscription today that's ritual.com slash weird for 40 percent off and we're back uh okay so he says the way that you make a narcissist isn't by spoiling them and he's talking Mm. about specifically in the first two years Mm. of their life well yeah you can't spoil a baby is a thing that people say but i mean people think a baby you know a year old it's not a baby anymore right i mean some people six months old it's not a baby anymore Mm -hmm. so there's different but anyway he was like i think i'm i'm trying my best but he was talking about like a narcissist is somebody who's overcorrecting. it's like no one was fucking paying attention to me he's like you won't see a lot of people that like received the got it loud and clear the Mm -hmm. message you matter Mm -hmm. we love you we see you we hear you Mm -hmm. you're important yeah. Uh, that then spend the rest of their lives looking for that. And this was what That's was very true. significant to me. And again, with all love and respect to my folks, it's like he said that the, the marker for a child mm. that was raised securely mm-hmm. is that they don't have any desire to be famous. <laughs> yeah. And I think that might have been why Neil sent it to me. I, I don't know, because I think Neil sent it to me because that's the kind of stuff we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. But when I heard that, you'd think I'd feel bad that I was like, oh, and here I've spent 44 years trying to be famous. Yeah. And even when I was a child, you know, the the SNL curtain call dream is one of my oldest dreams is like uh-huh. waving goodnight at SNL or being in a parking lot and thinking of the movies that I could shoot there and the stories mm-hmm. that I could tell. And as soon as I saw a play, I'm writing a play and just trying to be famous like make no mistake not because of a love of the theater but so everyone could see Mm. how brilliant i am Mm -hmm. and tell me Mm -hmm. so okay why i wasn't disturbed by that finger pointing at me was it actually made it, it released the tension i was like oh i'm not insane i'm not making this up there was something chunky in the funky. Oh, yeah. But like, I definitely. think so much of my life is going like, 
shut up. Everything was fine. And it's like... Really? Yeah, a lot of times. Wow. Yeah, I, I really... I, as much as I can be very green lighting to myself, mm-hmm. when it comes to like, that was hard. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the reasons why I don't remember huge swaths of my childhood. It, it's just not convenient. Sure. Okay, then. So like studying the Big Bang, we can't see the Big Bang, but we can study the radiation that's uh-huh. echoing from the Big Bang. And that's mm-hmm. where that, you know, I'm always saying that. That's where that theory comes from. It's not just an idea. There's mm-hmm. evidence of a galactic explosion. Mm-hmm. So I'm going like, oh, now I can study the radiation. Yeah. And that'll take me back. And that's his whole that's thing. Right. Yeah. Is he's like, I have the symptom of someone who didn't feel safe, seen, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I learned, you know, sparkle and shine and then you'll get what you need i'm sort of i wouldn't say i'm disturbed but i'm aware that it might be disturbing just how much i was learning to survive how to game people i said this on the podcast before but like my brother said pete you've been performing since you were 10 years old yeah and it's and that was a weird skill to learn and it served me well it did yeah i remember when i pitched crashing to judd I was in full child like glory. Yeah. Like I brought out the golden pony. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I was juggling and tap dancing. It was so different. It was like a quiet. Mm. It was like hyper listening to him. Yeah. But not too much. Yeah. Not too much. Don't be needy. Uh-huh. Like the levels, it's like it's like one of those stereos that has all the levels. Mm-hmm. I had all those levels just right. Yeah. And and mastering them through life. To charm like a politician. Be right. like, I love the scene. There's a Matt Damon movie where he plays a politician and he's giving a speech, classic kind of trope. He he snaps and he starts talking to them real, the mm. people. He's like, and he holds up his shoe and he goes, did you know we had a focus group determine that this is the right amount of scuff to have on my shoe? Because mm-hmm. you don't want them to be too polished. That looks... That looks like you're a fancy person. You don't want them to be too dirty. That looks like you're uncaring about your appearance. But a little bit of scuff looks like you get your hands dirty, but you're also classy. Mm. And I was like, my phone's ringing. Yeah. <laughs> I was yes. like, oh no, my phone's ringing. Well, and the problem is, then I'm not comfortable with my own vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with my own feelings. And then when I go out and into the world and meet all these jackholes, I'm joking, but like I see all these people who haven't learned the kind of maddening wizard alchemy of of presenting yourself in such a way, and they're just telling me that they're like unsatisfied uh-huh. or they're depressed or they're weak or they've been crying a lot lately. And look, highest self Pete is there for that. Sure. Highest self Pete is often the one hosting the podcast. I love him. I'm trying to bring him out as much as possible. But if I'm just at a dinner party, sometimes I'm going like, "What? what is this? Yeah. And he ta- Elaine talks about this. The successful people become so invulnerable mm. and then they start losing friends. They don't have friends because they don't know how to be vulnerable and they don't know how to tolerate someone else's vulnerability, which is also, sorry, I'm on a tear here, but like he says love is a is a skill that needs to be practiced mm-hmm. and love isn't just enjoying what's good about a person it's tolerating what's horrible about them right and recognizing what's ambivalent about them like you're working with all of it right and i i really found that interesting cuz he was like 
he talks about the that we're still for the last you know 250 years and currently we're in the like romantic sort of period of thinking of love so and one of those ideas is that you should love every single per every single thing about the person that you're with and he's like do any of us really be deserve to be loved for the whole that we like the whole of of us us? yeah and and then i guess it's like uh plato came up with the idea of like love is actually a classroom where you help each other through spirit of generosity and kindness, not by like the sandpaper method. Yeah. Um, But become the best versions of, of themselves. So it's actually very loving to say like, Hey, I notice you do this. You're not being attacked. They're trying to help you. Yes. And I think this is that that is uniquely challenging to our way of loving you and I. Yes. Because we are such sweeties to each other. I know. And I tell the story about being bit by the scorpion and I go, I talked to my wife very sweetly, but I had to use my big boy voice. Yeah. I was like, I didn't even know I had one, but I was like, Valerie, (laughs) even that was weird for me, but I thought I was dying. Yeah. And we're so, you know, and then uh, attachment there, uh, theory, which he talks about is that really when we are, uh, on a date, like a first date with someone, we're looking at if we can perpetuate the way we were yeah. taught to be loved and will, with this person. Will they wound me the way that I'm familiar yes. with? Yes. And, and will, I can't will find we, for us. I, I think, I don't know. I'm not saying that to virtue signal. I'm saying, no. I feel like I had two marriages. The first one I was doing that, the second yeah. one I was going like, peppermint fountain i just i I just want good but he would laugh at this i'm sure he would i agree and there and i think there probably is a way maybe i i don't know it either right off the top of my head in my first marriage i definitely found that too uh the way to wound me in a familiar way but i will say i think we found so we had you had a combination of like an over adoring parent and then a parent that you had to kind of prove yourself i would step that out these days the over adoring part but yes keep going uh and i had both of my parents were sort of both of those things like it was like very over adoring and kind and sweet but underneath there was a whole other reality happening Mm. Uh, where I felt like... Isn't this the plot of every horror movie? Yeah. Looks like a nice house. Yeah. Don't go in the basement. <laughs> yeah. And we're all on the edge of our seat because we know there's something fucking rotten at the Johnson house. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking That's right. Nuts. It's bodies in the basement. I mean, it's like a real yeah. thing that happens that's a perfect metaphor for what often happens in a house. And and it, uh, my parents did love me and were incredibly affectionate, but there were very subtle this is so common i mean and everybody did the best they could but there were very subtle uh agreements that i were i was taught to make that were unspoken but i learned by example and like in order to be accepted in this reality we agree to do these things which is why meeting another person's parents and being folded into their family can be so weird yeah it's the exact feeling of watching a play and you're in the audience and then they tap you on the shoulder and they go, you're in the play now (laughs) and you don't have the script. And they're like, you know, everyone's overlooking a behavior and you're like, what's going on here? And everyone goes, (laughs) 
no, 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 no. Yeah, the stagehands like, are like, it really is like, but no, what's your behind line, that door? Yeah, your line is, there's no door here. Yeah. That's your line. Yeah. That's a really good idea for a play that maybe already exists. Is It's like. You're in it? Uh, Well, it's, yeah. And, or I was going to say, it's like a boyfriend or whatever, a partner going to the family's house and there's like a very big, obvious door and but everybody's denying that a door even exists and they're like but what's behind the door <laughs> i'm not saying it's obvious i'm saying it's so it, it so exists matt another... johnson did the podcast it hasn't come out yet he directed blackberry and nirvana the band the show it's fucking incredible in fact to prepare for that episode uh go on uh, go online and find nirvana the band the show it's incredible i love it so much and watch blackberry but he was saying good storytelling is surprising yet inevitable yeah. So that's the inevitable part. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it is, we do get tricked by it every time. We're like, what? Right. Bodies and, in the basement? Well, that but is. it has to be inevitable. That's right. And that's why when you hear a good idea, you're like, doesn't that already exist? Because yeah. it seems so obvious. Well, it can't, you can't open, in that play, you can't open the door and it's a birthday party. Right. No one would <laughs> right. buy it. Right. And this is what is happening when you watch a bad movie to use Alexander Shia's language, it's like it's not universally true. That's not the way energy moves. Right. We have the upstairs. Yeah. And this is another, sorry, I have another Alain point, but go on. Well, I just was going to say, I think that we have, you know, I, last Christmas, I think we talked about this. There was like, a, I, I sort of freaked out a bit because there were ways that it seemed like you were similar to my dad. And I thought, oh, no. Last Christmas? Yeah. And I thought, oh, no, did I marry my dad? <laughs> and I said that to my therapist. And she was like, no, you did exactly what you should do, which is you found somebody who has enough similarities but is far healthier about it so that you can play out the scenarios with a healthier resolution. Yeah. And Elaine said the I, exact same thing. And I can see that here, meaning my overly cursory understanding of my mother was overloving. Yeah. And I, I don't really feel like that was true. It was a yeah. bit more complicated. It was. There you was, had to pay a high price. There was for a it. different negotiation happening. Mm -hmm. And I say this with all love and respect, but it was like, you can help me. You can, you'll save me. Yeah. And then I'm like living with buckets of guilt every yeah. moment and this is reinforced why aren't you coming why aren't you why aren't you here why don't i just live in your bed like why it's yeah. like ah! <laughs> yeah by the way the movie bo is afraid which is about my favorite movie of the last year the symbol for his mother is water mm. and we've talked about that seeping and there's a scene where he's always like this is joaquin phoenix playing bo there's a scene where he's in his kitchen and he forgot that the tub is running so it's love, it's good, but then it overflows. Yeah. And now he's standing in his living room and the water is creeping towards him. Yeah. Of fucking course, Pete. Yeah. And God bless the artists and I the painters know. and the poets and the filmmakers. I'm like, I flatter, I flatter myself by being like, my comedy's talking about real stuff. And I'm like, some people are, I'm digging with a spoon. They're digging with one of those, you know, crane diggers. Yeah. And they're going so deep that yeah. people can't even handle it sometimes. Right, totally, yeah. Yeah, well, I think we've definitely found that in each other, the sort of like, you'll be affectionate to me in the way that I am have grown accustomed to yeah, the being groove, loved. Yeah, the groove in my brain. And what we have to make sure we don't 
that we always look at is the underside of that and making sure that we're not perpetuating that part where it's like we're affectionate at the cost of not looking at any sort of, you know, like the uncomfortable parts of our relationship. Yes. I heard everything. You know I was excited to say something. Yes. But I want you to know I heard you and I was here for you. (laughs) Okay. It's Star Wars. Hmm. It's the Death Star. The Death Star is like a brain. It's like your brain. You can't shoot at it from the outside. That's relationships that you that you don't relate to. Mm. You need someone who can go into the groove, mm. get into the canyon of your brain. So yeah. you, Val, your track, your wheels fit perfectly on the track of my dysfunctional understanding of love. Mm-hmm. And then you flew in it and you mm. shot two little torpedoes <laughs> down the hole and you blew it up. Mm, yeah. That's fucking emotional. That's yeah. That's really That is beautiful. I but love it that wouldn't image. have worked if you were just shooting at the Death Star from space. Right. You gotta get in there. And to get in there, you need to be familiar and broken in a similar way to me. Yeah. He says that over and over. He's like, when you go on a date and you're like, I just didn't feel the spark, he's like, What you're really saying is I don't recognize the the torture yeah that, that i I'm... associate with love because your first for most of us our first associations with love came with some underbelly some sort of cost and some sort of suffering yes a, like tied to it so we're we mix those two up mm. i love that image and i also think we should we both need to be careful to not think like and then we did it and now we're good forever well, that, no that's what like is, it's like that's probably something that actively needs to keep happening well you read me that thing about sex he's interested in sex too mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, why don't you and I have, we do have sex. Mm-hmm. We're not constantly having sex. Yeah. I'm not even saying, that's not even on my list of goals. Sure. But I am interested in psychologically what's going on here. Yes. And I know my water seeping, it's almost like this, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, but it's almost like I, I don't feel liberated necessarily to constantly be sharing myself in that very vulnerable way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I am, but sometimes I need to like, hinge the desire for vulnerable melting identity dis 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 dissolving mm-hmm. intimacy i have to hook it up to a cruder engine like horniness mm. or or like mm. a desire to um it usually comes from an overflow of energy positive energy like mm. i've been killing it in my life and now i feel virile mm-hmm. but that's like a very cheap it's not cheap Hmm. it's just not the most honest sex it's like Uh. an extension of success of succeeding Mm. it's an expression of my week has been going well yeah i i had good shows i we gotta whatever this Mm -hmm. this this and now i'm like i i am worthy Mm. and now i can have sex wow yeah and i'm i'm more interested in the in the small sex in the in the like the 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 humble mm-hmm. sex of like mm-hmm. i'd like to so he talks a lot about that and I, i'm very curious we haven't you and i haven't unpacked this but i don't take our relationship as glorious as it is mm-hmm. as a foregone conclusion in fact i think that's the worst thing you can do yeah and i'm i'm really resonating with it when he says that people stop having sex 
and this is all sort of unconscious and child self stuff mm-hmm. because there's there's built up resentment mm-hmm. again i don't i don't want you to think i'm no you know fine. i'm not scared. giving you a, a, a powerpoint talk where i'm like and this is where i tell you this is what's happening mm-hmm. i'm very interested in exploring uh-huh. he says what's happening is the reason we don't tell each other why something you did annoyed me mm-hmm. is because it's so embarrassing mm-hmm. he's like and it's the reason it's embarrassing is it's because you're five years old you're four years old yeah you're and a he- four-year-old and i'm going to tell you that like we've talked about on the on the podcast like at a dinner, you ignored me. Mm-hmm. And like, if you watch the film of it, you didn't ignore me. Mm-hmm. But the little boy in me just wasn't getting enough. Mm-hmm. You weren't picking me up or holding me or mm-hmm. igno- or laughing. I, I actually, here's a good one. I don't like when you laugh at other people. Mm, that is embarrassing. Right. Sure. I hate telling you this. Mm-hmm. But that's, he says that's the work. Yeah. I don't I don't want you intellectually grown 44-year-old Pete yeah. wants you to laugh at everybody. Sure. But I listen to the Weezer song, I want a girl who laughs at no one else and I'm like, yeah, that's sure. an honest child that's a 4-year-old song. Mm-hmm. And there's a 4-year-old in me and he says when we he, he actually had a really interesting point that you and I do which is like the way to address these things is through teasing. Yeah. He's like, if you can joke about it. I liked that. He said that's something that's so beautiful when someone, when a partner teases another person because they go from saying, it changes it from going, you're an idiot to you're a lovable idiot. Yeah. Which is what all of us are. Which you call me a goon (laughs) all the time. And I love it. Mm -hmm. I will say that finding the right language to tease a person and making sure you speak the same humor yes. language is like cutting the right wire on a bomb. And it, that there's a tricky. thick foundation of love and safety there and first. You, and I've had relationships where there's teasing and I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, because it's not I, earned. We're, we don't even like each other. And, yeah. and now you're teasing me? Yeah. But you and I like each other. We love each other. And you call me a goon or or... You know, and we do a lot of, not to flatter, but like we do a lot of the things like he's, he's like, what's key in friendships, relationships is to admit how you're mad. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I did give us a gold star on that. I was like, most of our relationship is not resisting, but conceding. This is how I'm crazy. So we went to that game night the other night with some friends and I had a good time, but I was kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. And I realized, yeah, the pa- the previous two nights I had been doing shows. Mm-hmm. And that just does something strange to me. We call it coyote mode. Mm-hmm. So I'm in coyote mode. I'm looking for patterns. That's what comedy mm-hmm. is. Patterns, who's safe, who's unsafe, what's my role. And yeah. stand-up is a delight for a coyote because mm-hmm. it's like, I will speak, they will laugh. At the end, they'll clap. I'll walk off. I'll go in this little room. I'll eat a fucking thing. I'll go and do it again, and then I'll drive home. Mm-hmm. It's the same on a film set. I'll stand here. The light will be there. The camera will be there. I'll say this. It's wonderful for a coyote. And then I get back into the subtle, weird mishmash of colors of reality. Yeah. Where someone's... I also liken it to a video game. In a video game, if you go down a hallway, there's probably something there. Mm -hmm. In life, you go down a hallway, you're looking for the bathroom, and there's just a plant. (laughs) Like, you just found a plant. And you're like, what is this? Sure. That's life. Now I'm at a dinner party. And instead of going, I know how to get laughs out of this person, I know how to win this situation, I'm just going like, 
oh, this is a totally different game. Mm. Now I'm eating with chopsticks. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just scooping ice cream and now it's much more subtle. Mm-hmm. But after that situation, instead of you being like, hey, did you have fun? And I'm like, what? Didn't I seem like I was having fun? Because I did. <laughs> but I'm like, I know what you're picking up on and here's how I'm mad. I get into a mode with, all, I'll, I'll make a sports analogy. If someone's, playing a lot of football games and Tom Brady goes home, he'll probably have a hard time. I made myself Tom Brady. <laughs> he, he'll have a hard time just sitting by the fire because mm-hmm. he'll be thinking like, who's open? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, who do I throw this to? And you're like, no, Tom, that's a hoagie. Yeah. Don't throw the hoagie. <laughs> so, right. But like, well, we're, ha- we're very good at that. I agree. And I also have a different, a uh, slight alteration on my understanding of what was happening at that party. Which can you I not th- attack me right th- now? No, I was going to say, <laughs> which I think can help us offer even more compassion to you, which is, you know, I, I believe that you're, you have a little developmental trauma in, just like a cute little t- dose of developmental trauma in the I exist mode we've talked about this yes so so it's like all children need to know three things i exist my needs are met or my needs matter and i am loved and your parents did the best they could but they were kind of so involved in their own things yes that you didn't really get your existence didn't get acknowledged in the way that it needed to be yeah Cut to you stand on a stage in a spotlight with the only person with the microphone in a profession where your existence has to be confirmed every 10 seconds. Five. By, by five seconds. Much better than 10 I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, five seconds. Look at the laughs per minute, man. I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, but you're right. With like a constant rolling of laughter. And if so I get off stage constant. and it wasn't a constant rolling of laughter, I'll be like, that was a bad show. And you're like, they laughed at every, every joke. Yeah. And, and you're like, like, but it, it wasn't, wasn't constant and, rolling. <laughs> and it wasn't enough to confirm my existence. The stakes yeah. are actually very, very hot. Yeah. When I get off stage and it's bad, I go, they didn't see me and they didn't care about me. And yeah. they were, I always say this. I go, they were looking at me like, why are you telling me this? And I'm like, no, you're supposed to care. Yeah. <laughs> and you might even feel like aggressive, like be mad at the yeah, audience. Which this is audience just sadness. Stinks. Exactly. No, That's I'm, just your protector. I'm just heartbroken. So then when you're, so then you go from that high of your most tender wound being addressed in a way that you've devised feels appropriate and can kind of keep it to like, now you're just a guy in a room with a bunch of other people Yes, and, and your wife who all also you, uh, I was going to say use, but you don't use, but is your other constant confirmation that you exist no you're the audience i live with yeah (laughs) okay great that sounds weird but like you you're a a real pure three-dimensional version of my medicine sure and i am i'm even like sitting i thought about this later i'm sitting almost with my back towards you yeah like talking to my friend and giving her you're giving them my but i wasn't really even i was giving her that but i was also like getting it was reciprocated it wasn't like i the reason i call you a love genius is you're so good at not just loving me but you just love you love i'm so impressed with it and you you don't just love you appreciate and it's not fake 
Mm. You're laughing to tears yeah. at something that I'm, when I'm in that state, I'll be like, and I'm not even directing it. I'm still feeling a little vulnerable for saying I don't like when you laugh at other people. Of oh, course I do. I know. It's I'm just, trying to give voice to a, a petulant a part. It's just part a part. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Of course I want you to laugh at everybody. I'm not possessive in that way, but there is a part of me that is. But like, I, I it often comes down to envy. I'm oh. like, look at the abandon. And I've told you this many times when we were talking yesterday, when I take mushrooms or ketamine or something, mm. the first thing that happens is that protector he's the first thing that gets high and he goes away. (laughs) And then I'm just like, I could fall in love with, you know, the guy ripping my ticket at the movie theater. Yeah. I'm just blown. And you're able to do that most of the time. Well, I also think though that's tied to, well, first let me just say the part of you that is challenged when I'm laughing at other people only comes out when you are not being, when your existence isn't being confirmed by something else. Meaning like at our Christmas party, I I had a moment where I was like, oh shit, Pete's been in the entirely other room and I haven't checked in with him. And that's like our agreement is that when we're in settings like that, I just do little check-ins with you so that I don't abandon and ignore you like I've wanted to do. Yeah, but it didn't matter because you had... Andrew Santino and Lara Bites and other friends sort of where you were all in. This is what friendship is. Yeah. All confirming each other's existence. So I didn't need to do it. And but when that's not happening, understandably, I'm like laughter specifically is one of the ways that I confirm your existence. And when I'm doing that for someone else, it makes sense that that sort of tender baby part is is really like, Hey, my mommy is like, well, she's breastfeeding someone. I was going to say breastfeeding, but I thought it was gross, but it's not gross. Yeah. No, I, I've gotten and shared on this podcast before glimpses at my inner toddler and he's fucking furious. Yeah. <laughs> he's really well, can't handle it. That's why I say it all the time on the podcast when I'm talking to other addicts. I'm like, alcohol is the only thing that gave me as much attention as I want from the world. Mm. You want more? Have more. Mm, uh, yeah. Food too. You want more? Have more. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I'll just keep going and I decide. It's like eating laughter Mm -hmm. or drinking laughter. A lot of people don't know what I'm talking about. That's happened twice recently. Steve-O had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. Mm. Somebody else, I can't remember who. But I'm like, oh, that's not every addict. I'm I'm like... Well, sure, there's going to be different motivations. I want to hold... I want to have the spoon in my hand. But I also was going to say... Oh, going back to the like my ability to love and appreciate people. First of all, it isn't everybody, but I can't. I I do think so, oftentimes that comes from an effortless, pure place. But I also think a, just as many times it touches my wound. Like one of the ways that I feel safe is I can understand anyone. Yeah. You give me a person, I'll climb inside there until I know exactly who they are and what they need. And then that way I can mirror that back to them so that they like me. 
So that's why like yesterday we were watching a Neil Breen movie. Yeah. And I kind of said this. Yeah, Neil Breen, Breen, it it makes terrible movies. And, (laughs) And I was like, I actually don't really enjoy, like I think it's funny and it's fun for a short stint. But it does make me uncomfortable because I cannot understand what this person is thinking. Yeah. I like don't understand this person. And of course, there are plenty of people on this planet that that's true for. I just cultivate a life (laughs) where I don't have those people in my world because it's so upsetting to my nervous system that like I wouldn't even know how to begin to talk to that person. Yeah. And and also a lot of my self-worth and my um self-esteem even is tied in like being able to achieve that. Like yeah. I can achieve making yeah. anyone feel good. That's funny. That's another thing that annoys four-year-old Pete. So we were having a different hang, and this is not, you know, the spirit of this. Mm-hmm. Is that um you'll start mirroring someone else so hard. Yeah. you'll start betraying yourself. Mm-hmm. So I'll make it a, a fake example because yeah. I don't want to out anybody. <laughs> yeah. But you'll be talking to a new friend and the new friend will be like, three times a year I go to Slovenia and I pick turnips. <laughs> and they go, you should come. Mm-hmm. And you'll say, I'd love to go to Slovenia. I've always wanted to go. I've always, and I'm sitting there going, <laughs> and this is how we help each other. I'm, you know, uh-huh. I help you draft texts and uh-huh. stuff. Sometimes you help me draft texts too, but it's like, you just don't say that. Yeah, that's not true. And then that can start making me go like, is she just turnip picking with Slovenia with me? It, mm, you know, it calls sure. into question like, wait, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Am I just talking to an echo chamber? Does she? Yeah. Ha- Where like is any, she? Does Where's she like the anything? person? Sure. She'll p- pick turnip. What is that? What is that? The gardeners. <laughs> what? No, it's coming from there. Oh, it's it's the heat. If you open oh, it that, goes it's through the door. If you open, <laughs> it sounds the door. like the world's longest part. <laughs> you hear it? I the, do. I, that happened to me once when I was in here. It's it's because it there's really, a big decorative. It really sounded like a ghost just chose that moment to rip the longest fart, which was so <laughs> would have been a great moment. Okay. Anyway, sorry, I don't want to keep. No, 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 no. But I do think that is. But that that is me the love skill i i'm tolerating something that i know is a shortcoming yes for you which is you will mirror someone to the point where you vanish absolutely you'll tell them you love baklava (laughs) you will tell them that you hate (laughs) you you don't like nora efron yeah yeah yeah. because you'll find the part of you that's like yeah it's a little pretentious Yeah, yeah yeah even though i know you love nora efron yes and then i'm like I start, yeah, that, that's, I, I, don't know, I don't have any more thoughts on that. And that was also a perfect example when I did do something very similar to that example uh, of like, you like teased me for it later and it yeah. was really funny. And I like, you made me you, you laugh laughed really hard at that part. I'm like, I'm so full of shit. Yes. Like how funny That's how that? you're mad. Yeah. And that's how and I'm mad. I, and you did, did I teased it so... you right away too. As soon as we were alone. And it was so gentle. It didn't feel challenging. It was like, that's so funny. I'm, I'm such a dickhead. Look, I don't, I don't mean to pat ourselves on the back, but to me, keeping the windows unlocked and the doors open and everything is just everything. Yeah. And like, I know I have my things and and, and you tease them and I yeah. hear it. 
I don't know. I never had a, a psychotherapist confirm what I thought to be true, which, and it's what I'm doing on stage too. Mm-hmm. I'm telling these stories where I'm like teasing my own bad decision. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's one of the reasons I knew my therapist was right for me was that she quickly was like, these things like you, if you can find a place where you're honestly laughing at it, it's like the most healing thing. And sometimes the only thing to do is laugh at the absurdity of it. And I, he, Elaine really confirmed that in the sex thing, going back to that, where the guy was sort of like, what do you do then? Like, how do you, how do you keep a sexual, healthy, romantic relationship. And he said, like, I noticed that you're kind of smiling as you say that. And I think that's really important is like all of the most complex... I took note of that moment too. Yeah, all of the most complex issues, you need a little bit of like levity and like, oh my God, here we are. Just like... I think this is what roasts are at their best. Especially when it comes to sex though, I think having a levity and a sense of humor and knowing like this. Another thing my therapist says is she's like, sex is not everything. Like it is important, but we think that it is. Well, they made everything. They made that point in the podcast as well, that sex is just a vehicle for intimacy. Right. And you and I have said that we we're having sex in quotes all the time. There's lots of different kinds of intimacy. Yes. We also have regular sex. Yes. that's true. <laughs> I have to say that. Right. And then it is also, he confirmed the the sort of like Esther Perel thing of like, you know, actually the guy who interviewed him was bringing up that sex can be on a completely polar opposite, like in, in, in far, as far as what it requires as like love, romantic love, because Mm. romantic love, you merge with somebody and you are you know, like so close and so intimate and in sweatpants and kind of familial. Mm. And then you're trying to also like bone that person. It can Mm. feel very weird. Yeah. And so, and that's something that I think we, that's been coming up a lot for me lately because I'm like, that is, that is an area that we got to keep an eye on. Yeah. Because we're so close and like such good friends. Yeah, but we've been doing a good job not to overshare, but our sex has been getting more compartmentalized from the rest of our life meaning there's like a different sex pete and val yeah that comes out in that way and it's a little bit different i i know i feel so much more in a good way like an animal or like I, you could say like a man i suppose yeah. I, I don't really like that language but i feel i feel like i'm my body and you're your body and there's something mm-hmm. it, it's becoming more and more of a safe place to be like this is the sex place like Whereas a lot of my life I've had to like bring, and there's nothing wrong with this. We do this too, but like bring laughter and joking into Mm. the sex and Mm. to keep reminding you that I'm not a werewolf. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's great. Yeah. In our space, we still have real time check-ins. This sounds like we're doing really weird stuff, but it's like, just like, (laughs) is this okay? Are you okay? Like that's all there, Yeah. but I'm being a grown up. I think that's what it is. I feel like a grown-up. Yes, I think that's important. Yeah, no, and I think that is a good shift. And I also think, I don't know, I not again, not to overshare, I think that's like a necessary step towards like, we don't have to be sweetie patities all, all the time. Like the scorpion. 
But also, we don't have to role play that we're someone else entirely either. Yeah. You no, know, that's what that's what makes it so sacred is I still felt like me. Mm-hmm. And that was the other thing I was going to say. I have two things I want to say. He talks about the Richard Rohr talks about the true self, meaning your soul and your false self, meaning your ego. Alain talks about the true self being what you really want mm-hmm. and your false self being like you at a party being like you work in finance. That's very interesting. Yeah. And that's fine. Meaning you need bullshit. Yeah. But then he goes, the tension builds up when you never have a place to let your true self out. Sex mm-hmm. can be one of those places. But for me, comedy obviously is one of those places. And and to have candid, real conversations with you where, where I'm like, I don't like that person or mm-hmm. I don't like this restaurant, whatever it is. But like mm-hmm. I can unfiltered he says let it romp like you Mm. need to let your true self romp i was like oh my god that's what bill burr is doing that's why i can watch bill do such a you know like an objectively kind of offensive joke and Mm -hmm. i'm like he's he's letting out the child yeah that's like i know this isn't right but i don't like that the first lady why do we respect her or whatever Mm -hmm. it is but he's doing something that's very healthy and good, even if the content of it can be, you know, can rub people the wrong way. I completely understand that because that's what your true self is, mm. is, is the thing that if you let everybody see it, but we all have one, mm. we all have a true self. Yeah, it's interesting to look at true self that way because I would also say that's shadow, but maybe your true self is includes your shadow. It's like your whole self, shadow yeah. and non-shadow. The other, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, we can wrap. We've we've been going quite a while. Yes. Yes. We needed to. We yeah, had a lot I to know. get to go. I know. But um, the other thing, so we played this game at this game night with some friends, which was delightful. Where we play, it was like telephone, but you do the drawings. Mm-hmm. Telestrations. Telestrations. So you get a clue. It's ceiling fan. Then you draw a ceiling fan. You pass it to the next person. I'm explaining it pretty well. It took mm-hmm. us about nine hours to well, understand it. And notice how upset I got. Yeah. That my friend. See, there's your true self. And I got upset because I couldn't understand, understand. him. Yeah, there's your thing. I'm like, that's this is, defies everything I know about myself. So I get a clue, ceiling fan. I draw it. I pass it to the person on my left. They see my drawing. They guess what it is and they write what it is. Mm-hmm. Then they pass it. And then the next person sees the guess and they draw that. And mm-hmm. the next person writes their guess on that. So that's how it goes. Every so much was happening in that game that is applying to what we're talking about, and it touches on what I envy about you, which is another kind of irritation, by the way. Sure, I'm saying that excited, yeah, like me envying you Mm. is another kind of unconscious tension that can lead to not wanting to have sex because I'm annoyed with you. Mm. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? It's so interesting though, because that almost contradicts Esther Perel, which I actually kind of feel to be more true like you should have tension and i find that to be true i actually am more attracted to you when i'm kind of mad like i see that like how you were at that during that game yeah you were like i i can get i can get frustrated or the part of me that just wants everybody to get along so i can feel safe i don't care you're so aggressive during games and you're like 
chastising people and yelling say, at them. And, and I hate it. <laughs> ah, there you go. Oh, you got one on the board. And then I'm aware that you don't like it, which yeah. is why after the party, I was like, I just want you to know I can control that. So I'm saying, but even that is kind of like, I could stop and I and won't. I don't. And I because think because I'm at a party and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh, now we're playing a game. I'll be the guy that takes it seriously and yells at people. Yeah, you're taking a role and that feels that makes safe it fun. to you. I think it that makes, makes it, it fun, fun for you. I don't know. <laughs> I disagree. It probably it probably I disagree does. with you because okay. Well, see, this is what I'm saying. Everything was in this game. Yeah. So maybe it doesn't make it fun for you. Uh, and I apologize. And I it sounds like you're challenged by the part of me that is very serious about games. I want action. I want the. I want to fucking get rotating. Get get on that timer. It's not people that. are drinking it's... and they're stoned. I'm like, why aren't you running the timer? Like, yeah. and, and then I love the bad drawings. But like, what's funny is, again, it's all in this game. I draw my clue is bed bug. I draw a perfect bed. I'm a good cartoonist. Yeah, you are. And I draw a perfect bed. Uh-huh. And I draw a magnifying glass, a big one. I draw a beam pointing to the bed from the glass. It was a nice touch. And in the magnifying glass, there's a small bug. Bed, yeah. bed bug is the clue. Yeah. I pass it to my left. Uh, all love and respect. He guesses might. And I just want to <laughs> burn the house down. Right. But I also think it's funny mm-hmm. that I'm like the Joe DeRosa of the group. Yeah. But what's funny is... And it and it is. If it was somebody else, I you probably... Would like it. Yes. But like you have like this responsibility for me. Yeah, exactly. You brought Joe DeRosa. Yeah. No one wants to bring <laughs> Joe DeRosa. You just want him to be there. You want to have Joe DeRosa at your party. You do not yeah. want to be Don't the person be the guy. that got this out of my a car. Fault. This is my fault. With Joe DeRosa. But I love Joe DeRosa and I love being Joe DeRosa. And I love it when Joe DeRosa is that way. But you do have a certain responsibility over me. And I'm trying to say like, don't. Let me, I know. Let me be a man. And that is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's funny is I want... When the, when the, at the end you reveal everyone's drawing and like a win, I suppose would be, it's not, but I'm like a win would be the clue is bed bugs. The drawing is bed bugs. The next guy gets bed bugs. Everyone gets bed bugs. The last card is bed bugs. Yeah. Because I fucking nailed it. And not only did I nail it, I showed you what you, oh, you didn't see what to draw. But anyway, that to me, and this is embarrassing to admit, I want everyone to be like, that was the perfect bed bug drawing because then you exist because then i exist we understood you perfectly i'm shiny exactly it's an understanding game mm-hmm. and not only was i not stupid i was brilliant mm-hmm. and i love all of this yeah you and i think i'm saying this for real i like my role in this game i envy your role mm. you love the bad drawings you want the bad drawings it's and way funnier the makers of the game know that it's the bad drawings yeah and the mistakes telephone yeah. isn't fun if you say bed bug and then the last person says bed bug right but i really am coming at reality from a place where i'm like we should say bed bug and it should be bed bug yeah and it's a learning moment from like we need the very stone person mm-hmm. we need the guy to guess might yeah. we just do yeah and then we need it to get fucked yeah and i'm going like it shouldn't be fucked because my drawing was perfect he actually talked about how rage is optimism huh is i'm thinking that my drawing was perfect i'm optimistic right. that it will work right and then it doesn't and then i'm i have rage it's like right. pretend rage 
he, he quoted a therapist that said Mickey Mouse or Walt Disney was the most dangerous person in America because he's showing people what could be wow. a utopia. And then you leave the park and it's not that way. Right. Or at the park, it's not that way. And it leads to all this unmitigated rage. Interesting. How do you mitigate rage? But anyway, you, what was the one that turned into 9-11? <laughs> airport. Okay, so someone draws an airport. Mm-hmm. And here I am. I'm like a lawyer. Mm-hmm. He drew a great airport. He drew an air control tower. Yeah. It had antennas on it. But it little... looked like fire. <laughs> to, to... He didn't draw it well. <laughs> but you're also like, yeah. okay, I think. And then the next and... person drew, the funniest person in the game, drew. So it's a tower. It's a plane on the ground yeah. next to an air control tower. They draw the World Trade no, Center. They no, they didn't draw it. So the next person said 9-11 question mark. Right. And which is which is so funny because of course and that's I'm not screaming, a clue. You thought one of these cards for a family friendly game said 9-11. And the answer is no, she didn't. She right. thought it would be really funny. That was the first thing that came into her mind. And, and she like, knows how to f- poop in the pool. Make the game She's great. Pooping in the pool. Yeah. And then you and then draw. I have to a draw nine eleven. Nine eleven. I don't so you, feel good about you it. You draw two towers and a plane going towards them, but then you wrote the question mark in the corner. Yeah. Now again, I'm as perplexed as you are. I'm taking it so seriously, and and I want to show how wrong everyone is because mm-hmm. you're doing the question mark that she put on the thing, so you included the question mark. Fair play. But I'm like, if the question mark is in the drawing of 9-11, the, the, the drawing is clearly 9-11, but there's a question mark in the corner that has to be part of the clue. So I write 9-11 conspiracy. That's what I thought it was, basically, when I did that. I was like, it's 9-11. Like, did that happen? So I put the question mark. Next guy draws, I write 9-11 conspiracy. He draws a terrible 9-11. Your 9-11, <laughs> this is I, a weird thing to say. Your 9-11 was fantastic. <laughs> he draws a very bad 9-11. I thought it was okay, but yes. Nobody would know that was 9-11. He drew it like at the point of impact. You drew it the plane distance. coming, yeah. And then he drew a person on the ground with an arrow pointing towards it. And we're all like, what is this guy doing? And he goes, he's planning it. Which led to one of the funniest Funniest moments moments of the night. This is why I have, this is the, we're all in the family right now. I'm telling you how I'm mad. Yeah, absolutely. In, I, insane. Yeah. I'm insane. Uh-huh. I think everyone should just pass around bed bugs and get bed bugs. Cut to, and this is a great metaphor for life, the foibles and the trip ups and the slip ups, but all of those things are too vulnerable to uh, me. I'm trying to fold in yeah. an appreciation for the imperfect. Yeah. So much of my spiritual practice, it's all about forgiveness and inclusion mm-hmm. and not othering and seeing that they're you and you're them and everything's, it's all one. All of that is coming from this deep psychological need yeah. to join the party yeah. and be like, this is funny. Uh-huh. It's funny that this went so poorly, mm-hmm. but I do have like a deep-seated need. You said we're doing this. We have to do it. And it goes back to a childhood where it was like, you said we were doing this and now we're, what is this? Sure. And I it's also think it goes to you need your existence confirmed. And actually your existence is only confirmed if you are set apart from the group. So the group is very all lonely. sort of being in this funny 
moment and laughing at our collective mistakes doesn't feel it feels fantastic to me because now I'm a part of a group and so that group is holding me and I feel safe it feels terrible for you because you disappear in this is my Enneagram four yeah I go but think about it as a child if I merged with the group yeah game over all I could do was go out and try and sparkle as much as I could bring the report of that sparkle back yeah and then like a weird dagger, like et tu brute, yeah. I used the specialness dagger to escape. Yeah. It, it was crazy. Right. And I used the merging with the group to escape. Like I just... It, this is exactly Alain Dubulton. His whole <laughs> thing, your wound becomes your strategy. Mm-hmm. And then your strategies sometimes don't serve you at a game night. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to take it one step further and go like, I get it. And I wouldn't have played it differently. Like, I have no regret. Mm-hmm. Like, I regret some of the things I said at that party, but not the way I played that game. Because I'm like, this is what games are supposed to do, is showcase what the fuck is wrong with us. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> Isn't that fun? Milton Bradley. We're here to stir the pot. Yes. All right. All right. We did it. We gave you a nice long one. Are you happy? I'm just kidding. We missed it. I know. I did really miss this. And it's very meaningful. People that reached out to Val and and said uh, thank you for the episodes and missing it. And so Leela's just been out of school. So we're glad that we finally got to do it. Yes. Valerie? Go ahead. And if you would be so kind, keep it crispy. (laughs) 